Kingdom by all means, right here on a Western Reserve Radio, presented by Milk Creek Golf Course. Make sure to book your tee time now by going to milkcreekmetroparks.org slash golf, or give them a call at 330-740-7112. Welcome to By All Means. I am your host, Mark Means. Ryan Alessio will join us in about 20 minutes near the bottom of the hour. Find our show streaming live on Facebook. Just look for Western Reserve Radio. Download the Live 365 or TuneIn apps or just go to westernreserveradio.com to listen to any of our Western Reserve Radio shows. Welcome to Episode 15 of By All Means. Coming up here in moments, we'll be joined by the President, Athletic Conference Commissioner, Joe Anderko. Uh, Mr. Anderko will join us here momentarily to talk about an announcement made by the conference earlier today. When Ryan joins us coming up here in a little bit, uh, we will turn and talk a little bit about the Cleveland Indians as the schedule was released yesterday, last night at around 6 o'clock. That schedule was officially released. So we will talk a little bit of Indians with him. Uh, But before we do that, let's go to the phones. And we are joined by the commissioner of the President's Athletic Conference, Joe Anderko. And Joe, how are you? Thank you for a couple minutes of time. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on today. I'm good. Let's start off by asking, how's your family? How's Kevin's family? How's everybody doing over there in the conference offices? (laughs) Well, I think we're okay. It's been a uh, it's been a surreal summer for all of us. Uh, I, I tell people I work harder now than I think I ever did when we had sports. So the last four months have been, uh, you know, pretty unprecedented in in anything in my 28 year career. But uh, no, our families are well, and Kevin is, uh, you know, Kevin's doing what Kevin always does. You know, nose of the grindstone up in Greenville, uh, working on our our website stuff and our publicity and. Uh, you know, it's amazing that people, they say, well, what have you had to do since uh, sports got shut down? But it's amazing what we've had to do. So, uh, but thank you for for asking. We're, we're doing well. Well, Joe, let's jump in with the big announcement that the conference made about two hours ago as you have elected to adjust the schedule for fall sports in the PAC. And uh, that includes football not playing their opening non-conference game. So kind of take us through the process of getting to that decision. Sure, Mark. We have been... uh working on this for a couple months now uh we uh when, when we started to think about you know what is it going to take for us to return and have sports this fall in the pac uh we thought about the different factors the different issues involved and, and we ended up uh with by decree of our president's council and they've kind of led us through this entire process uh, we put together three working groups you know one that dealt obviously with health and safety issues uh, one that dealt with uh, scheduling contingencies and then a third one just kind of dealing with kind of the financial fallout of all of this how do we if we're going to have more expenses some other areas maybe are, are there areas we can we can be more efficient or more frugal uh, so those groups have been meeting regularly they they checked in and had a you know send preliminary reports to our presidents uh, in, mi- in the middle of June, and then uh, a final report last week uh, when our presidents had, had their online meeting. And that was when the decision was made that if we're able to go this fall, and by if I'm meaning, you know, if, if we, by states, policy, and guidelines, we're able to meet all of those, 
you know, we feel the best way to move forward is with a conference-only structure, meaning that in football and soccer, uh, volleyball, uh, we're, we're going to kind of close the circuit and just kind of focus on, you know, playing each other. You know, we're not going to have the typical non, non-league games that you would see at the beginning and, and kind of space throughout a, out a, uh, a schedule. Uh, and, and the idea for that is, you know, when we're dealing with such a, with a pandemic and with, with a virus that's so, that's so, uh, that moves so fast, it's a small way that we can try to control things by you know just limiting the total number of athletes our, our athletes are going to come in contact with in the course of a year so uh we've been working on this for a while as i said the release just came out this afternoon uh you know we're we, we've got a long way to go we know there's still a lot of factors outside of our control as we head towards the fall but we're, we're really trying to thread the needle mark and and do everything we can possible uh to bring fall to bring sports back in the pac this fall no, Joe, I don't want to exclude the other fall sports, but I'm going to ask you a lot of football questions then. So how will it work with football? Week one was that non-conference game that is not going to be played. Week two, I know, was a bye week for Grove City, the team that I do games with. And then they were going to open up conference play in week three. Will the teams play their already laid out conference schedule, or could that potentially be adjusted as well? Uh, no, that's a great question, and, and the answer is the schedule that you have, the conference schedule, uh, will largely remain unchanged, uh, w- w- with this exception. One of the things we have allowed in the PAC is with regard to, to conference games, and again, nine of our ten games in the schedule are conference games. We're allowed ten in Division Three. Um, obviously, the non-conference games are, are you know, of September 5th are, are off the table at this point. Uh, but with with the conference games, we have allowed schools by mutual agreement. If you want to take a game that's in the middle of your schedule and move it to week two, we've allowed that in the past. You know, because a lot a lot of teams just like better having that buy kind of in the middle of the season to let them kind of physically catch up from the from the wear and tear and the grind of the season. What we're saying now is because of you know the what we put in place for COVID, we're not going to allow that this year. The first date you can have PAC football games is Saturday, September 19, which is, which is t- typically the third week of the season. Um, and then we'll go nine straight weeks after that and then end at the same time. So, yes, the schedule that is in place will remain in place. And the reason for that, Mark, is simple. You know, one of the real challenges with this, I mean, not just with athletics, but I think just higher ed in general, is kind of re-socializing students back into a uh, group environment where you're around other kids in classes and in dorms and food service. And so the idea, because football has by, by far the largest rosters and the largest number of people to acclimatize, they need the most lead up to the to the season. Uh, so, you know, we can report schools can report as early as August 10th. So that gives them over a month to acclimatize kids to get them ready. And uh, so, we feel by putting this model in place, it gives us the best chance of not only starting the season but finishing the season as well. Uh, you know, as while mitigating health concerns to the greatest degree possible. Joe Durko, the commissioner of the President's Athletic Conference, on the phone with us today. And this all changes day by day, sometimes hour by hour. But has there been any thought of if we're not able to play a season, would we think about spring like some other conferences are? Would there just not be football? I'm sure you might not want to talk about everything, but there's probably layer upon layer of plans that you've got in place should you need them in the future. 
Well, I, your point about there being layer upon layer, kind of contingency A, B, and C, I, I think that's accurate. I, I, I don't want to speak to where we would go if, if circumstances would not allow us to play in the fall, I, other than to say, you know, I think all options would be on the table. You know, we're really fortunate in that we have a really active and a really engaged President's Council. And, and, and I mean, that's, you know, Mark, that, that's why we're named what we're named. You know, that we really have a culture where they have active operational control over everything we do. And, and because of that, you know, they, throughout this process, they have been really tied into to all the issues at play. And, and yeah, if we have to cross that bridge, we will come to it. Um, I, again, I, he, I hesitate to get too far ahead. And, you, you know, we certainly may reach that point at some point. But I think it's important that if circumstances allow us to play this fall, we wanted to make a, a clear statement that that is our desire, that we are doing what we can to do it as safely and, and, and with a mind to student health to the greatest degree possible. And, uh, you know, we're going to try to see that through to the best of our ability. How much does it help being able to go with a conference-only plan, knowing that uh, the schools across the conference are so close to each other that there isn't really an extensive travel for any team to play each other in any sport? Well, that's a really great point, and uh, and, and I appreciate you bringing that up, Mark, because I do think you're right. I think the fact that we have such a tight geographic footprint, uh, you know, for our 10 core members, you can basically get from point any point A to point B in the conference in two hours or maybe a little bit over. Uh, you know, probably the the longest trip from north to south would be from you know from Teal up in Greenville down to Waynesburg south of Pittsburgh. Uh, but I mean, I mean that's pretty pretty tight. There are not a lot of Division three conferences in the country where you have the membership in such a small geographic space. And and what that does is it allows us some flexibility. And maybe some options that conferences don't have when you have, you know, when you're going five, six, seven, eight hours, you know, between schools. We don't have to worry about things like overnight trips. We don't have to worry about air travel. You know, these are some of the things that some of the, the conferences with wider footprints are really having to examine and say, how, how do we do this? And, and, you know, for a lot of them, the answer is it's just not possible right now, given the, the, uh, health crisis we're in and, and the parameters uh, when it comes to travel and things like that. So uh, so I think you're right. I mean, I think we've been, we've been pretty fortunate in Western Pennsylvania and the Ohio Valley. Obviously, you know, COVID is a very serious issue here, but uh, it, it's obviously worse in some other areas of the country. So, so that has worked uh, to our favor as well. Um, again, there, there's the, the thing I've learned, Mark, is there's no blueprint for this. You know, there's, there's no precedent for what we're dealing with. We're all kind of feeling our way and trying to do the right thing. Uh, but, but I agree with you that, you know, having a really small geographic area that we have to cover provides us some options and some opportunities that maybe some others don't have. Now, Joe, you mentioned the, the three committees, the three groups that have been working on things since this all kind of took place. What is next for them now once you've decided we're going to focus on our conference schedules only for, the, for all the fall sports? Sure, yeah. Well, we still have to finalize some things for the scheduling group. There are some details we need to work out. We have not released those yet to our, to our coaches' groups because they're still being finalized. So there's some more work to be done there. Um, you know, the health and safety group is going to continue working right up to the start of the season and probably beyond, you know, for several reasons. I mean, obviously, this is a very fluid situation. You know, the facts on the ground change. We need to change. You know, if we need to adjust, you know, because of that, we, we need to be nimble 
capable enough to do so. I think uh, they've put a nice framework in place for us, you know, for things like if you're on the road and you have a a student athlete who's symptomatic, okay, what's the policy for dealing with that? How do we get them back to their campus safely? Uh, You know, so things like that are in place. But, you know, for instance, here in Pennsylvania, you know, you have the kind of the red, yellow, green county system. And, uh, you know, what if that changes? What if a county gets moved from, from green to yellow? Well, we have to we have to be able to react and deal with that. Uh, one of the, one of the interesting challenges, Mark, is that even though we have, you know, a pretty small footprint, we do cover three states with that. So now we're not just worried about what the Pennsylvania policies are. We've also got to look at Ohio and West Virginia for some schools that we have down in the Ohio Valley, and then also Case Western Reserve, who plays football with us up in Cleveland, uh, and see how that impacts them. So. Uh, it's complex. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not something I'd like to do again. Uh, and it's something, like I said, we're not done with. Even with this announcement, this is going to be an ongoing process for our working groups. And uh, you know, we're, we're just going to do what we've always done, which is we're going to approach each each issue and try to do the best we can with it, knowing there's no blueprint. And uh, at the end of the day, we're hopeful that circumstances will put us in a position that we can get back to some degree of normalcy when it comes to college athletics this fall. And I only have about a minute and a half, but I did want to ask you, without pinpointing and asking you for a date, uh, the thought process on fans and how many fans, and if you have a, you know, by this date, we want to have a decision, maybe internally, if not publicly, how much you've thought about that conversation of what to do with fans. Well, I wouldn't say we haven't thought about it, but it, it's probably been a secondary concern because our, our primary concern is our student-athlete experience and, and trying to give them one. And, and quite frankly, Mark, I, I think a lot of that, with the, the fan determinations are going to be made by state regulations. You know, again, get, getting back to the Pennsylvania color-coded system, uh, I think right now the rule is that you can have a sporting event if you're in a green county up to 250 people. Well, right away, you know, just start counting the numbers for football, and that tells you that fans, if that remains the policy, fans are going to be a real challenge for us. But at the same time, you know, Penn State's negotiating on that. They're trying to find a way to make it work. So I expect there are going to be updated policies on those fronts. So, so I think when those come and we have a little more clarity, we'll address that as we get closer to, to September. I, I, but, again, our, our main goal was let's get a framework in place so that if the conditions allow – we feel we can go forward as safely as possible. And, and that's what we've done, and that's what we're going to continue to do uh, you know, through July and August and into the fall. Well, Joe, we appreciate your time. I know you're busy, even though not everybody thinks it's a busy sports time. It is because you've got a lot of student-athletes that I know you think about every day and all the sports across the conference. So always a pleasure to talk to you. Can't believe I've been part of the league for going on 10 years now <laughs> and appreciate some of your time. Time flies when you're having fun, Mark. But, yes, thank you for that. Appreciate your kind words and look forward to talking to you soon. Take care. That is Commissioner Joe Anderka of the President's Athletic Conference letting us know that the announcement that was made officially today that uh, conference play only for football will begin September 19th. There will be no week one games across the league an off week in week two, and then into conference play. We'll take a break here on By All Means. When we come back, we'll bring Ryan in. We'll talk a little baseball. You're listening to By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio.
You're listening to Western Reserve Radio, the radio home of the Youngstown Phantoms, part of the Live 365 Network and SB Nation. means continues right here on Western Reserve Radio presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. A big thank you to uh, PAC Commissioner Joe Anderko for joining us. Ron Alessio now joins us on the phone. Mr. Alessio, how are you on this hot day in Ohio again? Well, I uh, postponed my walk, so you know that it's, uh, it's brutally hot if I did that. So I've been inside enjoying air conditioning. I mean, it, especially with my breathing, above 90 does me no favors. It was actually like 95 here, and then a little bit of rain came through, and it dropped into the upper 80s, but it's still really humid. Yeah, it's going to just get humid even more than it's been, so guess what? Get ready. (laughs) So I don't know if you read the notes that I emailed out to everybody this morning, but I want to talk Indians, and my first topic is let's just change the nickname already and move on, okay? Let's, it needs to be done. Let's do it. Let's pick a name. Let's pick one that at least some people are happy with and move on and, and uh, you know, do the right thing and change the name, change the Washington name, change the Braves name to change them all if we need to. And then we'll just we can go on and talk about playing baseball. Well, good. I'm glad that's your position. I know that uh, there was quite the argument in the past between myself, you, and AJ. I don't know if argument's the right word. Uh, It caused me to break a chair. Unfortunately, Mark, every chair in my place I own, so I don't want to have to break any of them. Well, I guess the no, next question I, becomes: What name should they call the the new baseball the new baseball team in Cleveland? And I'm quite happy with Spiders. I think you could have some really really cool gear. The only problem, if you look at that team, that team was actually one of the worst professional baseball teams in history. They finished 83 games out of first place in their final year of existence. Oh, so you mean they're the Browns? Well, hey, think of it this way. The Indians, I believe, have actually, you know, they've been, that franchise has been, what, about four or five different names? I mean, they've been, what, the Naps, the Spiders, the Indians, I mean, and I think maybe a couple more on there as well. Uh, The point being is that they've changed the names. So they've been a bunch of teams. Yeah. So, you know, to me, although maybe not in our lifetime and maybe not even in our parents' lifetime, uh, this team has had name changes before. I'm 100% thinking Spiders is the way to go because, to me, it's not a goofy name. It's not something like Midges or something that you're going to be like, what does that even mean? Uh, I, I think, you know, the, the the uniforms, you know, you don't have to change the colors. You don't really have to change much of anything. Uh, I, I'm totally for Spiders. I think it's no different than being like the lions or or the bears or tigers or eagles you know you're a spider great (laughs) let's play baseball so yeah i think spiders is the way to go yeah i definitely agree with that well it looks like we're getting closer to baseball actually happening we still have a couple weeks to get through before the first games but the schedule for the indians was announced yesterday along with the rest of major league baseball they open on the 24th of July at home against the Royals. And what are your expectations for this year for the Indians? To win. I think this team might benefit from a short schedule. 
The reason being is we have a lot of starting pitching, and I think pitching is going to go a long way in this short season. And now, the only thing really to me that would prevent us from messing up this year and not having the year we want to have is typically, as you know, we watch it like clockwork every year. April and May, you don't know what you're going to get from the Indians. Sometimes they'll start okay, but more times than not, it seems it takes them about a month and a half to really get going. You can't do that here. I mean, it's got to be day one, you're winning baseball games. But as long as we don't have that slump in the beginning of the season like we normally do, I really do think with our pitching and them not being overworked, like you're going to get into the playoffs hopefully with those guys. I mean, how many starts realistically in 60 games would like Carrasco get? 10? I, I don't know. I'm trying to do the math. 5 to 12? Yeah, maybe 8 to 10, depending on if you hold them back. I would say probably is the, is the, the right number. Yeah, but I, I should have used maybe a guy that wasn't obviously going through issues health-wise and stuff and somebody they might, you know, watch. But like a, uh, you know, Mike Clevenger, they're not going to pitch him more than probably 12 times during the year. And once you get into the playoffs, with those arms being as fresh as they are, and hopefully with the, uh, you know, uh, the bats coming alive at the right time, I, I think that you're going to see what we've typically seen from the Indians, uh, except last year when they started too slow and tried to make that run and they just couldn't catch up. I think you're going to see the Indians challenge, you know, the Twins. And you would know, uh, you know, what the Twins have been doing in the offseason more than I have because I've kind of fell off the map for a little while until recently. I, I think you're going to see the Indians, the Twins, and, and maybe even the White Sox kind of battle out for, you know, the Central Division uh, crown, and then obviously, did we? Did you ever figure out if they're adding another playoff team or not? Uh, everything is as it was in years past in the playoffs. The divisions stay the same. As of now, the number of playoff teams is staying the same. Although they could vote on expanding the playoffs, still that window hasn't passed yet. But as of now, it is regular traditional MLB playoffs: three division winners and the wild card teams. Okay, so you're still working with your five playoff teams. So I think you're going to see the Indians, you know, contend for the division. And then I do believe, if not that, they'll definitely be contending for a wild card. I do think this team showed last year, once they got it together and they worked through their roster a little bit, that they're a team that can still make noise and contend. And that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm going to bank on that on a, on a fast start, not that typical slow start. And then I'm going to bank on the fact that all of our pitching – barring an injury, should be very well rested and still, you know, in peak condition going into the playoffs. You look at that 60-game schedule, and three of the four easiest American League schedules are in the American League Central. The Twins have the easiest schedule, the Indians have the second easiest schedule, and the White Sox are in the top four of easiest schedules based on team's record from last year. And the White Sox is an interesting team because they're very young. They have some guys coming back that haven't played in the big leagues. They have some pitchers coming back from injury. And they have a favorable schedule, especially in the second half. They are a team that's going to be very interesting. The Indian schedule, I actually like it. I mean, they finish up the last three games of the year at home against the Pirates. So if you need some wins late in the year, there's an opportunity <laughs> right there. Yes, that's, that's 
<laughs> then there should be an opportunity there. Hey, let me t ask you this. Tell me if this is bad and I should not do this. All right. Okay. Because I'm trying to balance between being completely a crate. I'll tell you, let me ask you this too. Without sports, after we got through that initial couple months of just, you know, withdraw, did you almost settle into where you, you were okay with life without it for a minute? Yeah, no, I absolutely was because I kind of had a routine. I, I've done some more reading. I've actually spent some more time taking care of, you know, my yard and everything out there. So, yeah, I, I have definitely adjusted. I, I miss it, but I have a new routine that's unlike what it used to be in years past. Yeah, me too. And I, I'm hoping that when it starts that the same juice that I used to have come back because – you know, I kind of just settled into just the, you know, it, it almost became out of sight, out of mind. But tell me if you think this will be crazy. And this is to help me get my, my juice back, if you will. So on okay. this trail I walk every day, there's a point that has like a little, it's almost like a, a park area where you can sit there. They got benches. And there's normally not a lot, no, nobody there. Maybe here or there, somebody will be hanging out. But it overlooks progressive field. Now, obviously, we can't go to the games, but nobody said that I can't sit in that area with my computer and watch the game and look at the stadium and listen to the natural sound and pretend I'm tailgating, or is that just a little bit too far? I probably should just sit in the house and watch it on my television like a normal person. Is that bench long enough that I could sit on one end and you could be on the other? Oh, even better. There's two benches and we don't even have to be that close <laughs> no i like that idea that sounds great i mean it sounds like you'll be close enough that you could hear the crack of the bat well yeah i, I mean you know the, the, you know what i used to uh, what i love to do during the summer my big thing was is i had a tv for outside and i would sit outside when i was living in youngstown and dave uh, messer smith lived below me we would sit outside have a fire and literally watch baseball outside so I'm kind of thinking I'll just do that because that's what I'm used to doing anyway. But now I'll go to that overlook and like see the lights on and like you said, hear the crack of the bat, hear maybe some, uh, I, I believe they're probably going to have some kind of music or natural sound they're going to play. So I just didn't know if that was a little bit too crazy or something that could be fun. So I don't know. I just wanted to run that by you to make sure. Because if you started laughing and go, oh man, you better, I don't know, buddy. I probably wouldn't have done it. You know what? It's me and it's baseball, so I, I love that. I think that's great that you have kind of thought that through. As long as you've got a Wi-Fi signal in that area, you should be fine. Yeah, and the neat thing is is um, I can use my phone as a mobile hotspot. So I get X amount of you know data that goes uh, towards that. So I was thinking, you know, I'll just use some of that, uh, that data. And I, I probably wouldn't obviously sit there for nine innings, but, you know, while the sun's up a little bit and it's still kind of nice outside before it gets, like, dark – why not, you know? That sounds like a good plan. Hey, we're going to take a break here in just a minute. When we come back, we're going to dive a little deeper into the Indians, some position battles to look forward to for the next couple of weeks as we work our way back to baseball, including right field, starting rotation after the big three, and utility infield. That is all coming up after we take a break. You'll see the By All Means presented by Mill Creek Golf Course right here on Western Reserve Radio.
here on Western Reserve Radio, presented by Mill Creek Golf Course. Make sure to book your tee time now by going to millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or call them at 330-740-7112. Ryan, couple position battles I want to talk about and several things that we've argued about over the years was the name and the logo, but it was also a particular player that we always argued about, and it's going to come down to a position battle involving him. And I wonder who the regular right fielder will be for the Indians. Will it be my guy, Jordan Luplo, that I think deserves to play almost every day in right field, or Tyler Naquin that you've really become a big fan of that is 100% healthy and ready to go? I'll say this, though. Last year, towards uh, the middle to the end of the year, I really did start liking Jordan Luplo. And I enjoyed his consistency, and I, I enjoyed you could put him out in right field. And he's not going to cost you anything. He actually made some pretty nice plays as well. He can hold his own at the plate. You're not putting somebody there who's going to bat 100. I do like Tyler Naquin. I mean, he he's a good player, but unfortunately, it just seems like you can't keep him in right field. So... I'm going to actually agree with you. I think Jordan Luplo should get that job. And if he loses it, fine. But isn't it kind of just tough to hand Naquin back that job? I mean, uh, when before he was injured, he was having a great year. But we saw Luplo play a lot last year. And I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think he kind of played himself into that position. He had a great year hitting against lefties. My only question with him is, you know, what can he do uh, against right-handed batters on a regular basis? And you're talking about, you know, a position that the Indians have a a lot of when it comes to outfield because you've got, you know, Mercado and, and Luplo and Naquin and Greg Allen, and you're going to have, you know, Framo Reyes and uh, Domingo Santana that they brought in. There's a lot of players that are going to be battling for outfield spots. And I don't know if you heard today, the Indians, of course, as they should be and as every team is, taking everything very seriously. Terry Francona said today that uh, Framil Reyes went to a 4th of July event and didn't wear a mask, so the team (laughs) is requiring him to be tested again before he can come back to training camp and be with the rest of his teammates. And I love that. You've got to do that right now. You you can't go to an event like that and not wear a mask if you're a big league player, and you have to, as an organization, make sure he's tested before he's around the rest of his teammates. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know why you would go if you're going to go to a party and not wear a mask definitely don't put pictures of it on your social media but i think he should have taken that opportunity like i've seen a lot of other major league baseball players that have actually shown them practicing running the bases with masks on trying to you know get the message out because for some reasons we won't listen to you know scientists or government officials that if my favorite ball player or actor has a mask on now i will so i think that he should I love the quote from Tito today, too. He said, quote, he's not in the penalty box. I want to make that perfectly clear. That's just the way we have to operate right now, end quote. And you know what? Tito's a guy that's, you know, has some health issues over the years. He's a guy that is in an upper risk category, and he's got to look out not only for him, but the rest of the players on the roster. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, Reyes is pretty young, isn't he, in his mid-20s, if that? Like, mm-hmm. he, he's... 
you know, he's a young guy. And, and I understand that a lot of these young players, although, like you said, you're right. Tito has had health problems. He would be a high-risk patient. Uh, would it do anything to Fran Reyes? Probably not. He'd probably just get a little sick. But your point is correct. He can't bring that to the clubhouse and then, A, infect somebody like Tito or any of the other older managers or staff or clubhouse workers. You, you've been behind the scenes for baseball games and every level pro major league all the way down to single way way more than I'll ever be. You know how many people it takes to, to run a baseball organization and, and between everybody. And yeah, there'd be a lot of people there that might be high risk. So that's something Fran Mil Reyes, you know, and a lot of other younger people in general have to take into consideration. So I'm glad the Indians aren't like punishing him, but I'm, I'm glad it's a good opportunity for a teaching moment to show that, Hey man, this is serious, and yeah, Fran Mill, you probably are fine, but Tito or, you know, the guy collecting towels who has diabetes might not be fine. So I think that's, that's good what the Indians did, and I think that's a good moment that everybody can really learn from. You know, we know the Indians' rotation is pretty much top-heavy set. Shane Bieber's already mentioned that he's going to throw that opening Friday on, you know, opening day two. Uh, Clevenger is healthy and should be good to go to be back in part of the rotation. Uh, Cookie Carrasco, good words from him. He threw a three-inning sim game that went pretty well today uh, in that three spot. But then the question becomes, who's fourth? And who's fifth? And there's quite a bit of options once they figure out, you know, who's four, who's five. And one of these other guys could probably factor in to the bullpen because you're going to need a ton of arms for this short season. So the question is, you know, is it a guy like Plutko? Is it Savali? Is it Plezak? Uh, you know, is it uh, Rodriguez that hadn't pitched in about a year uh, but was uh, somebody that they were looking at being part of the rotation? I will say this. I think whether it is bullpen or rotation, Plutko's out of options. He's going to make this team, whether he's in the rotation or he's in the bullpen, he's a guy that they're going to see what they've got in him because if they, they send him down, they're probably going to lose him. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, you got to be careful with him. Would I be crazy to think that Savali should be the uh, the last starter and then Pletko, you keep on the team and you bring him, like you said, you're going to need a lot of arms coming out of the bullpen. Would you you think he would be better served coming out of the bullpen and Savale starting? Uh, I agree with that completely. The only thing that I would do is I would make Plezak the four, Savali the five, and Plutko I would put in the bullpen. So we're kind of in agreement with that. Okay. Yeah, I, I think um, it's just, isn't it nice to be able to talk about what the team might do? Isn't that kind of nice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I... You know what I, you know me for the most part when it comes to baseball, I defer to you because you know these guys a little bit better than I do. Let me ask you this real quick. I know we're about out of time here, but is it not strange for the first time since I can remember to not see an Indian starting rotation include, uh, you know, Trevor Bauer or uh, uh, what's um, oh no his name went away. We traded him to Texas. He's won two Scott Kluber. I mean, isn't right. it? Isn't it a little strange to actually see that like it's this is basically a whole new rotation minus Carrasco for the Indians? Like this is almost like that you have Carrasco who's you know, the old the old guard now 
and then you know it's finally like Bieber and and Clevenger's time. Like it, it, that's kind of neat. It is because these young arms are the future of the organization, and I really think I mean we know what we're going to get out of Beaver, Clevenger, and Carrasco. It's what we get out of you know Savali, Plezak, Plutko, whoever's the four and five. I think can really determine how the year goes in this shortened season for the Indians, and it's it's one of those where. Every game is going to be a big deal. Every game is going to matter. You're going to play tough teams in the National League Central for the most part. You got to play the Cardinals. You got to play the Brewers. You got to play the Cubs. You got to play good baseball teams. The Reds are going to be, I think, really good this year. Uh, you're going to have that rivalry with the Pirates playing you know, three times there and three times in Cleveland to end the year. So the division you drew is in a cakewalk so it's going to be i think it's going to be a tough year you better beat up on the white Sox and royals because the other games are going to be tough yeah i mean and that's we're usually pretty good with that and i think that's kind of just what you have to do you have to beat the teams that you're expected to beat, like you said the royals tigers whoever uh and then i imagine you got to at least play 500 baseball or not if not a little better against teams like especially in your division like the twins White Sox, but then when you get into those other teams from the NL Central, you know the Cubs. Man, we should have something for them, by the way, too. And oh, sure thing. You, right, like it would be nice to go and and cause them a bunch of trouble for their playoff hopes within their own uh, league. But I mean, do you think that would be the formula? Is, is you beat up on those teams? You should, because I mean, we would have to listen to people give the all oh, your fourteen and one against the Tigers. It's like good. That's what we're supposed to be. I don't look at it as like right. we're playing an easy team. I'm looking at it like they're on our schedule. They're in our division. It's not our fault that they don't have a good team. We should beat them. So you do that. And then what do you think you would have to do against the upper echelon teams to be where you need to be? You know, I around 500 ball I think is key. I mean, I, I was thinking anywhere between – if you have between 35 and 38 wins, I think you're a playoff team this year. That sound about right? Yeah, I would think 35, 40 wins you think would do it? Yeah, I think it would, especially, I mean, the, the Twins are a very good baseball team, so those games that you play against them are, are going to be a challenge. Uh, the White Sox, I think, if you're going to play them, get them early because they're going to gel. They're going to be a lot better uh, as the year goes along. They're going to be really good in the future. That team did a lot of losing and did a lot of good drafting and free agent signings and you know, getting some young kids, some international players. They're going to be really good. Their question is going to be, can they pitch? And if they can pitch, then they'll be uh, a challenge and the one thing that that I like too, and you know, I watch I watch the KBO. I've watched you know games all all over the world while there has been no Major League Baseball. And that first weekend uh, that's going to open up in, in a couple of weeks, Thursday night, there'll be two nationally televised games. Friday, there's going to be three nationally televised games. Hmm. Saturday, Fox, the family Fox family of networks, is televising four games so there's going to be a lot of baseball if you're looking for something to watch along with the fact that oh hockey's supposed to be back in the beginning of august because they seem to work their things out and the nba is going to be getting right around there as well yeah so basically in a couple weeks if we can just chill out for a few more weeks you're going to get 
like you said, Major League Baseball dumped on you, the NBA tournament down in Orlando, and then August 1st, I guess, is the tentative date for the NHL. Oh, and by the way, then probably by the time the end of August rolls around, you might get one or two preseason football games. So we're about to get, we were, we were off of the juice, we're good, it's out of our system, and then they're going to put it right back into us all at once. So it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Like, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, TNT is bringing back their studio show this week for a couple of specials leading up to the start of the, the season coming back at the end of the month. I was act. I saw your text. I was uh, working on something for uh, work. Uh, is it so? When, when's the first one? This week? Tonight. Tonight. What time? Tonight at eight, eight o'clock tonight, and then they're doing another show, I believe, on Thursday. Oh, bless your face, Mark. You just made my night. <laughs> I, I knew when I, t- I I read that I was like I got to tell Ryan I got to tell the NBA guys because and and it's interesting because you got reporters in the bubble there already so I I hope it all all works and you know hopefully it does because we don't know what the future holds and if we can get a little bit of sports back it's going to help a lot I think it'll definitely help the mood and psyche of a lot of people as you know sports are a big business or a big deal does everybody walking around in the usa like sports no but do a good percentage of people rely on sports as their entertainment and their escape uh from everything that might be going on in their life i know i sure do so i think it's something we need because we do need that thing or that i don't want to distraction's a bad word to me because it, it almost makes it sound like you're then tuning out what's going on in the world. I don't think we're doing that. Just need a little bit of a break. Right, we got to take a ready. We will talk to you next week. It's on Western Reserve Radio. Bill Creek Golf Course is now open. Experience the Donald Ross Championship design of both courses where you can book a tee time online at millcreekmetroparks.org. Mill Creek features a newly remodeled golf shop, new cart paths, and is a Callaway certified club fitting facility with demo days. The PGA professional staff is now accepting golf outings and leagues. For more information, call 330-740-7112 or stop by and see what all Mill Creek Golf Course has to offer you. Wrapping up today's edition of By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio brought to you by Mill Creek Golf Course. Book your tee time now by going to millcreekmetroparks.org slash golf or call them at 330-740-7112. Big thank you to today's guest. And, of course, that is Commissioner Joe Anderka of the President's Athletic Conference, who announced officially today the non-conference portion of their football schedule will not be played in 2020. Week one, week two will then be a bye week for all teams across the board, and then the season will begin on September 19th, and all teams will play nine consecutive weeks for the college football season if all goes as scheduled thank you to ryan alessio as well for joining me to actually talk a little bit about the indians themselves and not the question of will there be baseball won't there be baseball which is still out there 
but you can actually talk about some spring training things involving the Indians, and we'll go into a lot more detail on that next week when we break down the shortened season, and we are joined by my former co-host of the bullpen right here on Western Reserve Radio. That is Corey Christen, a writer for the Toledo Blade. He'll join me at 512 next week right here on Western Reserve Radio. So that is going to just about do it for today's show. A thank you as always to executive producer Dave Ferris back in our Western Reserve studios in Struthers. A huge thank you to Brian Tonar and the great folks at Mill Creek Golf Course. Give them a call at 330-740-7112. You've been listening to By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio.